Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in Heaven. I've got a great show for you today. Recently, I had the privilege of sitting down with uh, evangelist and revivalist Charity Cook with Global Awakening, and we just had a great conversation about ministering in the full image of God and how when God created us, both male and female, we can each display a beautiful uh, aspect of of the Father's heart and the heart of Jesus to this world. And it was just such a great conversation. We talked so much about healing and how the Father's desire is to have us well. So if you are struggling with sickness today, I would encourage you to listen to this. This episode is going to encourage you that God wants to be good to you. He's always wanting to be good to you. And because of what Jesus has done, you can receive good that you don't deserve. And I've got a great offer for you today. You can receive the Joseph Prince Healing Scriptures at a 50% discount right now, right through Charisma. Just check out the link in today's show notes. It's full of healing scriptures. It is by far one of my favorite resources. I read this every single day and I listen to the audio version as I fall asleep every night. Meditating on healing scriptures is so powerful. It's so important to help you believe that God wants to be good to you. and He wants to prosper your mind, your soul, your body, your relationships in every part of your life. Before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministries sponsors. These particular organizations help sponsor this ministry and all of our outreaches, including Revealing Jesus. Big thank you to Go for Ministries, who provides all of our equipment rental at our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who provides our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and of course, Life Changing Productions, who puts together evangelistic events to help reach our city for Jesus. So without further ado, let's listen in on my conversation with Charity Cook from Global Awakening. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I am so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are, enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I've got an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. She is an associate evangelist with Global Awakening, and she is a revivalist herself. Charity Cook, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Christina. I'm excited to be with you. So excited. You know, I love Global Awakening. I was a partner with them for a very, very long time, and I love their organization. You guys are doing great work. Oh, thank you. I, I've been with the ministry for about 15 years now, and I, I, I love it. You know, I love just seeing people's lives impacted all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I feel so honored that my life gets to to just have an impact um, in a way that few jobs could. That is awesome. I know. If you're going to do something, do something really powerful and really worth your time, right? Exactly. For those of you who don't know, uh, Global Awakening is a global community of believers empowered to awaken the world. It's part of Randy Clark's ministry, and uh, they do uh, conferences and all kinds of things all over the world, mission trips. I've told our listeners a lot about you, Charity. 
Uh, is there something maybe that you could tell them about you, something personal to help them get to know you maybe? Let's see, something that would be interesting. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, just a little fact. I love to hike. Um, it's a place that I just get away with the Lord. And uh, so I live close to the Appalachian Trail. Love to get out there. And uh, when I have the time in between events, that's kind of where you can find me. I love getting away to nature. It's something so soothing and resetting and calming about it. That's awesome. Well, something else I did want to mention about Charity, she has an interview program um, a show called Loving Jesus on Global On Demand. And I thought that was so cool, Charity. Tell our listeners a little bit about your show. Yeah, it is a show that really um, is just sitting down with people who love Jesus well, talking about what it means to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And uh, I, I meet some extraordinary people. And so just sitting down and often, especially with speakers, you'll hear their their heart message, but sometimes you don't hear what their relationship with the Lord is like. And um, so I love to just sit down and start getting into, mm-hmm. you know, those topics of like what motivates us to, to really love God and how do we do that? Um, so I, yeah, it's just some extraordinary people who come through Global Awakening, um, visiting our school, visiting, speaking at our conferences and so I have taken the opportunity to sit down with some of those people and, and really learn a little bit more about the, their relationship with the Lord. That's so awesome. I love that. You know, in this process of doing uh, Revealing Jesus, I'm really blown away by all of the amazing people out there walking with God. And it is such a privilege and such an honor to meet each and every one of them. And I'm sure you've experienced the same way. It's just kind of enlarged my mind, you know, just seeing more of the body of Christ. And it's really very cool. It, it is. And I think sometimes just what motivates people and people have extraordinary stories that they don't always talk about. But when you ask the questions of how they met Jesus, mm-hmm. like when did they start to fall in love with him and, and just hearing some of the, um, whether they're supernatural encounters or just even people, some people don't have like the, the mystical type of encounters, but really just the word of God coming alive in their hearts or just seeing him, um, encountering him through a healing, just all these different ways that people are like, Oh, Mm -hmm. he's real. And he's even more than I thought he was. And it's so fun. I can feel it now, but as we talk, it just, you can always feel the presence of the Lord start to come when you start to talk about him. Yes. I love that so much. I got to ask this question now. How did you meet Jesus? Well, for me, I grew up um, in a Christian home, so I actually don't remember the first time I encountered him. Um, As long as I can remember, he's been a part of my life. One of the first real encounters Um, I don't know if I even knew it was him, but when I was about seven years old, I was sitting at the the piano, um, had just started learning how to play the piano, and I was kind of picking out the tune of I'd Rather Have Jesus out of a hymnal. And as I played, and Mm. I was singing off tune, like it just wasn't good music, but as I sang and played, um, and I was reading the words, you know, just I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. And and I, I'm starting to cry now. I can feel the emotions of it. But I just remember thinking, yeah, that's really what I want. Like, I, And at seven, you know, mm-hmm. I'm giving up sin and all the things that are in that song. But the, just the presence of the Holy Spirit came. And I remember weeping over the piano keys. And uh, when it, when it mm-hmm. kind of ended, I was like, what was that? And I, I started practicing all the more because I wanted to experience it again. Right. You know, so just kind of... Yeah. For me, it, growing up in a charismatic home, um, God was just always kind of around. I had amazing parents who really modeled what it was to have a relationship with the Lord, and not just from a, um, not just a church duty kind of thing, but really authentically um, choosing Christ above everything else. And so, because of that model, I just kind of learned what it was to go after Jesus. That's beautiful. I love that. You know, there's so many out there who who really don't have that, but, you know, maybe they grew up in a Christian home, but maybe their parents really didn't model 
what it was like to, to truly be a believer. And I just want to encourage you out there. If you didn't have that, that's okay. God can still show up sovereignly and still. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can still have that 100%. Um, you know, he's so powerful. My story was way, way different, way different. And God still showed up. I, I'm so thankful. I had a Sunday school teacher who told me that I could talk to God. I grew up Baptist, and uh, and uh, she told me she said you can talk to God, you know. And I and then just my little child like mine, I believed her, and I talked, and he talked back. And so I had a very prophetic relationship with God as a child. I thought everybody heard him that way, and in fact, I didn't find out until I was much older that it was very different for other people. Um, but God can still show up. And um, he was the glue that really kept me together. And if it wasn't for him, I probably would not have survived my childhood. Don't despair. Don't despair. You can have both. He's he's there for both of them. So I just want to encourage you guys. Yep. He, he's big enough for every situation and personal to each one of us. God is so good. And, you know, it doesn't matter where we are, whether we have the good or the bad, he can show up and just be God and just be our savior in all circumstances. He can't, you know, one thing I'm thinking, even as we're talking, I, I remember as a kid recognizing that I had something really special. And I think mm-hmm. even um, so many children are abused and I don't know why it, it was so real to me, but I remember just feeling like almost guilty because I had such great Aww. parents. And um, I just, even before I knew the scripture and I may get the scripture wrong, but I just had this sense of like um, the the level of responsibility I have, uh, you know, that I, maybe you can help me finding the scripture, but talking about, um, but those who have been given much are responsible for much, basically. To whom much is given, much will be required. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. Thank you. But I didn't Sorry. even know that was scripture, but I really felt the Lord say that to me. And it, it made me um, just live with a sense of responsibility mm. from, I don't know, maybe nine years old or whenever it was, I, I thought about it. And I think that's true really for, for anyone who knows the Lord. Once we have that, whether it starts in childhood or you're 40 years old and accept him, mm-hmm. um, there's such a goodness and the grace of God that's on our lives. And, and as he gives us, there's a, a responsibility that comes of it. Uh, and we can't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's so good. You know, in my life, I've I've always found that what motivates me, you know, the reason why I do things is out of thankfulness. Mm-hmm. None of us have anything uh, that we deserve. In fact, we all deserve hell. And he gives us so much. I mean, grace upon grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy and unmerited favor upon unmerited favor. It's unending. How can we not but help give it all when he's so good? Exactly. What else can our response be but to tell people about this beautiful Jesus who draws so near to us in every situation, you know, whether good or bad? You know, when you start to just behold him, there's such a gratitude that mm-hmm. not only of who he is, but that you can experience him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always say, just always say to myself, like, if the one who gave everything for me, mm-hmm. like, how could I withhold anything from him? I know. He's worth everything. And he gave it all for me. I know, right? I mean, what other response could there be? But yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll tell, yes, I will give it all, even when it hurts, you know? And it's always worth it, even when it hurts. It's such a temporary, you know, dying to self or giving something up. But man, the reward of his presence, Mm -hmm. and then not only his presence, but the life he has for me, and he has dreamed for me and desired for me is so much better Mm -hmm. than anything I ever dreamed about. Yeah. Like what the life I'm living is so much better than what I ever, you know, as a teenager or kid, what I would have said my life would be was, I would never have come up with what I'm doing. I know. It's amazing to me. Uh, You know, when he, 
when he calls us, he has a plan and, and a purpose for each one of us. And, you know, something that I really struggled with for a long time. In fact, when I was called into ministry, I was seven years old and I was sitting on a Baptist pew. He called me into ministry at seven and my response to him was, God, I can't, I'm a girl. And I, I just had this impression that he like shut his mouth and he like pursed his lips and he was like, I'm not going to say anything else about it. You're going to go on a journey. I don't even know where I got that from. I don't know. It was just something that women didn't do. And when I was seven and in a Baptist church, I didn't have any other female role models out there. I didn't know there was uh, Joyce Myers out there and uh, Beth Moores and Amy Simple McPherson at seven years old. And you have a passion for raising up women into ministry and seeing them be everything that God created them and live the life that he created for them. Why is that burn in your heart so much? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One is I just, I'm around ministry a lot. I see a lot of women um, maybe getting trained, but not stepping fully into a launching. And uh, I, I have a, a strong belief. I believe the Lord told me probably 20 years ago that we're coming into a place of revival and it's going to be such large fruit the way the Lord showed it Mm -hmm. to me. I saw this massive orange that was like five or six stories high, like not something you hold in your hand. And I was so like, what do you even do with that? And I felt like he said, you're going to need help. Like, and it was, I saw it was just something we weren't going to be able to move. Even with the the largest equipment, Mm -hmm. there is a massive harvest coming in. There is massive fruit coming in. And I have um, just a passion, probably where it started is I have a passion to see the whole body of Christ get into position, um, walk in humility, that it's not about our kingdom, but it's about his kingdom. It's about bringing in brothers and sisters, seeing people come into the kingdom and be raised up as true disciples of Jesus, Mm -hmm. fully living for him. And then within that, recognizing that we are not going to, we're not going to be Um, staffed. We're not going to be well equipped as the body of Christ if we don't have both men and women, Mm -hmm. that women really are needed. And uh, with that, I look at Genesis 1, where it's talking about God created man in his image, male and female, he created them. And recognizing if we truly want to represent God to the world, the image of God that he created is both male and female. Yes. And if you only have men, and I love the men, mm-hmm. like absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with brothers. I run in ministry with men, but I recognize the full image of God is seen when we have both male and female together, because mm-hmm. there's just something about women, something we carry that shows a side of God, you know, whether it's the nurturing and I don't like to define mm-hmm. it, because I think so often um, the stereotypes make people feel excluded mm-hmm. if they don't fit that that image. But there is something in in women and what we carry, um, and in being feminine as we minister mm-hmm. that reflects the heart of God in a way that only we can. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for for women leaders. I'm just sitting here thinking about Joyce Meyer. And I'm thinking about how when she first started, she said she hated her voice because it wasn't feminine enough. But God gave her the courage over and over again to stand up and just simply be who she was created to be, no matter what it sounded like. Even if it didn't fit the stereotypical women speaker or women anything. Maybe instead of us you know, giving permission for women and men, maybe we just need to have permission to just simply be who we're created to be. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing. I think it takes courage to really stand up and just be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there, there's something, you know, you see it in all of life, but my world is ministry and you just see even students coming in, we start to model what we see. And if Mm -hmm. everything we see is male, you know, then it's easy as a woman to try to mimic that. And it really, for men too, you start to try to mimic mm-hmm. um, what you see instead of just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's one of the things the Lord spoke to me really clearly. Like I said, I, I travel with a lot of men, minister with men. 
And uh, one day he just said, I don't want you to be one of the boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I am feminine woman. I'm not, you know, I've never been the tomboy, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, I always thought, you know, my brothers really just kept me balanced. I, otherwise I would be ultra feminine, you know, over the top. And, um, but it really kind of drove home. I wouldn't have recognized that I was maybe adjusting for um, a male culture, mm-hmm. but it gave me kind of a peace and a courage to just say, hey, that's, you know, this is who I am. And maybe it doesn't look like um, the way you minister, mm-hmm. but that's why God created mm-hmm. me the way that I am so that I would carry something different. So, and I think part of that is just, just loving our uniqueness. 100%. Yes embracing it, embracing all that God's created us to be. I have a very sweet and a very loving side. And then I have a very authoritative side. And I feel, and it's taken me a long time to really embrace that part of me. Especially for women. Um, Men maybe have this as well, especially Christian men, where where there's the expectation of being kind. But I think even more, there's pressure put on women. Um, to be sweet, kind, to be submissive, and uh, which we're all to be submissive, and we're all to be sweet, you know. And it depends too. Like I, I know women from all over the country, lots of cultures, and so it really does shift. Um, we don't all have the same experience, mm-hmm. but especially mm-hmm. in a Christian culture, there's some cultures that really have a model of what a woman looks like, and falling into that sweet, kind. But then there is um, this leadership side that maybe doesn't fit that. And so what do you do? Either you have to rock the boat or you kind of hide it because it's like, well, this isn't quite who I'm supposed to be. And uh, to just own who you are and the sweet side and the compassionate side and the side that rises up. You know, there's so many scriptures that talk about the God as from a female Mm -hmm. um, perspective, like talking about being like um, a bear that rises up and protects her cubs or, you know, the, the hen, like Jesus talked about Jerusalem. I would that I could have put my, my wings around you like a mother hen and that protective side. And so there is something in even women of this protection, which we often think of men that way, but there's something about women in the way they protect their children that represents who God is of his nurturing and his love and, and his just desire to protect us from harm. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, I, you know, I struggled so for so many years, um, with some situations that I was going through and the, the hardest part was st- learning to stand up for myself and to protect myself from, you know, some things that were happening that were really abusive and harmful to me. Um, But I tell you what, when I became a mother, something inside of me stood up and said, I must protect my child and I must protect myself. It was just absolutely instinctual. And it it gave me the courage to stand up and say, no, I will not allow this anymore. And um, there is something so powerful about that mama bear, you know, and I, I think too, I know from my heart, God has given me such a a mama's heart for the body of Christ. And I think good mamas need mm-hmm. to be powerful enough to stand up and say no when when we're when we're out of line and um no, I will protect you from things that are are harmful to you. Um no, I will speak the truth, but I will speak it in love because my greatest desire is to see Christ formed in you. And so I I think just giving ourselves permission to say what God is giving us to say, even if it doesn't sound um, <laughs> like that sweet, loving female image that are, you know, say it mousily and say it quietly and uh, don't rock the boat kind of deal, you know? The wounds of a friend, you know, sometimes love looks like um, honest communication. Mm-hmm. And just really being honest, like you said, about what we see and um, keeping people in line sometimes, um, but because we love them. Yes. You know, and that's that's the thing. All mamas love their kids so much, 
you know, and it, and there's no question about that. You can't attempt to stand up and say anything without them first knowing that you love them, you know, and, and, and care deeply for them and, and want the best for them and want to see them grow and flourish in, in all of that first, you know, and so it's, but just having that courage, sometimes the Lord has given me words and I'm like, oh my gosh, God, I don't want to say this, you know? <laughs> But, but, you know, when it is him, there's always so much power behind it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still, it's, you know, <laughs> nevertheless, though, not my will, but yours. A little, yeah. little soul piercing crush there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you um, are traveling with uh, Global Awakening. You mentioned that you just had uh, the voice of the apostles down in Brazil and I know there's just some amazing revival fires burning down in Brazil. They are so hungry for God. Um, tell me a little bit about your trip and um, if you have any amazing miracles you'd like to share with our listeners, I am sure that they would love to hear them. Yeah. Well, I just got home from the the event and it, it was powerful. I've been going to Brazil um, since 2006. And so I've been there probably over 30 times. This event, I think, was unique because it had a conference feel as far as um, there's something about being willing to take off of work for a week, to drive for hours to get to an event, to be willing to pay for the hotel, you know, that that takes a certain amount of hunger. And the people were so hungry. So there were a lot of amazing miracles. But I think for me, the thing that stood out the most was just the passion and the hunger. And I think it reminded me of when um, it was revival in Toronto and I was first encountering mm. renewal movement and revival and just the, the hunger and passion that every time there was an altar call that the altars would be filled and people would run and, and it just had that feel. Mm. And along with that, I mean, just a lot of extraordinary miracles happening with um, people with metal in their bodies. And I think one of my favorite just because it was so unexpected, you know, we, we take teams with us from all over the world that can go on the trips and pray for people. And so we had a team of about a hundred people. And, um, during the meal breaks, they would have like two hours, they would be there for two hours praying for people. So, you know, it was amazing time. And, um, wow, there, I know it, it just amazing things happening, but there was one day we had a really powerful, um, session on just being hungry for God. And, after the service, you know, I was um, in the, the meal area having lunch and all of a sudden you could hear the whole crowd just shouting and cheering. And we were like, what in the world just happened? So I ran out on stage and it, there was just um, a man carrying a wheelchair around the room. The whole room was shouting and cheering. And wow. there was a, an older lady that had been in the wheelchair and she was out front walking. They were walking her all around the stadium all around or just, oh. uh, the, the sanctuary. It was a big sanctuary, uh, but it was beautiful. And just watching the mm. body of Christ cheering for that one person, that one miracle. On. I mean, uh, it, yeah, it, it was extraordinary. Oh, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I think that's why we do what we do, right? To see people set free. Absolutely. To I mean, that's, that's why we do it because we love. Yeah. Jesus came that we would have abundant life. And so I, that's what I press in for. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came that we would have life and have it to the full. And when you recognize, you know, some people look at the healing ministry as um, maybe not that important. It's just a little extra tag on and there is no way when you've experienced um, suffering through sickness or illness or have family that have suffered and you see the impact that sickness has yeah. on the quality of life. Um, that is what Jesus came to write. Like he came yeah. that we would have abundant life. And yeah. when you are living in a wheelchair or living with pain, uh, people aren't able to work families are impacted. Children don't have right. opportunities because their parents are, you know, it takes our finances, it takes our resources. And so I love the healing ministry uh, and just walking in mm -hmm. what Jesus walked in. 
and he came, he had compassion on people. And so he ministered even when he was tired, when he was grieving, um, he looked up and he, he saw the people and he had compassion on them. And it's what keeps you going because I want the lamb who was slain to receive the reward of his suffering. And uh, if his purpose was to see abundant life, then I'm going after it. Amen. A hundred percent, you know, and I, you know, I've had my own battles with sickness. I had, um, I had wow. Lyme disease for about 10 years and it wreaked havoc in my family. And I will never forget the moment the Lord's presence showed up. I will never forget it. It was one of those moments like you talked about, uh, sitting at the piano and just weeping. He, um, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I remember I was so very, very sick. And um, even though I had a very prophetic relationship with God, I'd never had experienced his presence before, like that way, that tangible way. And um, so I, uh, I had a charismatic friend, and she told me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was so sick. I was so desperate. I was in so much pain. I had just given up my job. Um, I wasn't able to work. I was on social security disability. It was a very bad situation. Like it actually caused my immune system to crash. And they were giving me human antibody injections because I had no immune system. And um, I remember uh, I, I, we prayed outside of an ice cream shop. And she looked at me and she goes, <laughs> she goes, now speak in tongues. <laughs> And I said, okay. And I went, yo, shikaramanda the Sunday. <laughs> and I spoke in tongues for the first time and nothing else happened. I went home that night and I went to bed like adorable. And I woke up and the Lord's presence was just in my room. That was it. <laughs> I remember just weeping because he was there and I could feel him all. Oh my gosh. Like it was crazy. It was so crazy. I had no grid. I had no background for it. I had no nothing for it, right? But but he was with me in the deepest, darkest places, in the midst of all of that pain um, and suffering. He was there. And so I went on a journey um, and, you know, just of learning the Lord's heart for healing. And um, he, what I discovered is that, you know, he – he taught me about so many things, but what I discovered is that he is always willing and it's always available right there, right there uh, for us. And it's not something we have to wait for. It's not something we have to work for. It's something we, we freely receive. And uh, his heart for healing is just so massive, so massive. He, I, I truly believe that he weeps with us. He rejoices with us. He experiences this life with us believers. You know, he is, he is one with us and, and everything that we face and everything that we encounter, he is with us. And I truly believe he wants his body well. He wants us 100% well so that we can go out there and we can tell him about our beautiful savior. And, you know, so he had to tear down a lot of wrong thinking, a lot of wrong teaching, um, a, a lot of things, and just really reveal to me his heart and show me who he was. But I rejoice with you, with those wheelchairs being lifted high. Nothing makes my heart happier. Yeah, you know, there was um, a day my brother was injured uh, and mm. had he was going through multiple, multiple surgeries. And there was a morning, you know, in times like that, you just turn to the word and, you know, and I was just reading in the reading through Psalms and I came, I don't remember the exact Psalm, but it just says that the Lord delights in the well-being of his servants. Mm, yes. And it was such a, a powerful word in that moment of like praying for his surgeries and praying for him to recover and recognizing the word well-being is actually the word shalom. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, it's that peace. And it's not just a peace internally, um, but it's a peace of our, that our bodies are at peace physically, that our relationships are at peace, that the world around us is at mm -hmm. peace. And when I read that, it just hit home that God delights in our well-being. He delights in our peace. 
he delights and and that even the the mm-hmm. peace of our bodies being at health like that is what delights him and i you know sometimes you ask the lord and i ask and i'm sure you do as well mm-hmm. like jesus what makes you happy what gives you joy and reading this passage like what he delights and the thing that brings him joy is when we're at peace you know when we have peace in our hearts when we have peace in our bodies and so for me if there's any question a person has like does god want to heal me mm-hmm. i look at that and say well that is his yes. delight is for you to be healed there's never a time i see in scripture mm-hmm. where it's his desire for someone to be sick mm-hmm. jesus healed everyone who came to him and he paid a very high price so that we could receive healing so that you know, we go into it um like every time i'm praying for the sick I recognize this, he paid a a high price on the cross for our salvation. And that salvation is both spiritual, physical, Mm -hmm. emotional. It's all of those things. And so when I think about really the price that he paid and the fact that it's his delight for us to be healed, Mm -hmm. that's the place I always minister from. I just know his will really is for us to have that abundant life. Yes, absolutely. And just going back to that, that mama's heart. I mean, I have a little six-year-old and this week she hasn't been feeling well. And I want more than anything for my child to be well. You know, that mama's heart, it just, it's so fierce. And just connecting that with God's heart, him wanting, you know, for his children to be well, to be whole to run freely. I mean, you just think about like, if you've, if you've ever seen a little child suffering, you know, like I just, I can't even think about what that mama's heart is going through, you know, and, and how much more does it break God's heart? How much more those he's created in his image, those he's called out by name, those he's chosen, how much more does it break his heart to see someone suffering? Absolutely. You know, I was just actually thinking yesterday about um, sometimes in our pain, we just need to have it validated that our pain Mm -hmm. actually, there's something, it isn't right. And God actually cares about our pain. Mm -hmm. And I was just remembering, you know, a, a time when I was in a service and they asked us, you know, close your eyes and just picture your, your earthly father. And then they had us, you know, you get a picture um, and then had us close our eyes and picture our heavenly father. And for a lot of people, you know, sometimes they, it's the recognition that God is different than our, our earthly father. But for Mm. me, it, it really, I remembered when I was eight years old and I broke my arm and uh, it was, I was at a friend's house and my parents were out of reach. And so I waited a number of hours and I was crying because I was scared and I was in pain. And when my parents finally took me to the hospital and I, you know, got taken care of, got home and I was at peace. I was in, you know, I'm sure I had some, some pain medicine that they'd given me. But at that point when I felt taken care of and was, was feeling good, uh, my dad just broke down in tears, mm. weeping. And that's what I remembered. And I remember as a child being like, why is he crying? I, you know, everything's mm-hmm. okay now. And that's when my mom really explained, well, he loves you. Mm-hmm. And it's because of his love. And the fact that you're hurting right now hurts him. Mm-hmm. It does. So when, yeah. When we had that exercise of close your eyes and all of a sudden I saw God as my father who was weeping over me because of the pain that I had been experiencing. And, and I think up to that point, I had thought I just need to get over this, you know, I'm telling myself the things I need to, um, I just need to be above this. I need to forgive people. I shouldn't hurt. And all of a sudden it validated the pain I was feeling to know that God cared and he was weeping over me. Yeah, absolutely. And how powerful is that? And I, I think if we just see that and we connect to that, healing wouldn't be a sidebar. It was two thirds of Jesus's earthly ministry. Right. I think it's my who who talks about like healing is throughout the Old Testament, but when you get into the mm. New Testament, it's like the floodgates have opened. Oh, I love that. And there's a deluge of healing ministry and recognizing, you know, that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. So it's not like 
it's not like Jesus came to heal, but God the Father doesn't want it for us. He, he was representing who the Father is. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say was Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say and do what I hear the, hear the Father do. And that's exactly if that's what God the Father is doing, if he's wanting to heal, wanting to to prosper us in, in every area of our being, in our bodies, our souls, our lives, our relationships, just like you said, that word shalom. Sometimes people get afraid of that word prosper us. But, God, but God's intention, just like you said, is to give us abundant life. How can you give someone abundant life and not prosper every area of their life? It doesn't make any sense. Right. And I think it's recognizing what true prosperity is. Yes. Prosperity isn't about finances and it's not about self-centered living, but prosperity is that we have the abundant life. Mm -hmm. And from that place of really being prosperous and blessed in, in um, natural things, but even more in spiritual, emotional, uh, that we're living in a place of peace and joy, um, and then recognizing when we have the stability, then we can help others mm -hmm. into that place. Absolutely. You know, I, so it, he's a beautiful God and he, he really is a beautiful life that we live. It truly is. And just, you know, cause I, how can you, he would always say to me, how can you help another if you yourself are flat on your back, you know, and it, and yeah. it makes perfect sense. You know, he, um, he would say to me, you know, take from my hands and give to those who need. If we don't take from his hand, we can't give to those who need. You know, it's just a practical thing. Yeah. Well, I, I always look at um, Abraham and that, that promise that I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. And uh, mm -hmm. that's always my prayer, really, that not just that I would be blessed, but that I would be a good steward of any blessing that I have received. And mm -hmm. even recognizing... Um, just this middle class mentality that I that sometimes we have of like as long as I have enough for me it's enough but really if we want to bless the world and we want to see transformation um, there is something of of wanting to move beyond just enough for myself to where I have an abundance mm -hmm. and an overflow that I can give away and even you know Mm -hmm. And there's the other, there's always other sides to things you say, because there is the side of giving out of our generous or giving generously out of our poverty and, and even the, the blessing that comes with mm -hmm. that. But there, there's just a desire I have um, to have abundance, to have prosperity, not for myself, but so that I can make an impact and see people's lives change. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you, you mentioned a really good point. I think it's the stance of your heart. And just like how we talked about earlier, you know, like we give out of gratitude, this beautiful God who gives to us, how can we not give back? And, you know, it's, it's a heart stance. It's God has blessed me so much. It's my joy and my honor to bless others. You know, and I think as long as we're approaching life with that heart stance, you know, we're safe for abundance. Absolutely. And, and it's really just living with um, with other people yes. in mind and putting their interests first. Yes. Yes. And unfortunately, I think in the West, there's this very um, compartmentalized kind of culture. It's like, I'll take care of just my family and you take care of your family and you guys take care of your family and then we don't really live quite with that concept. We don't really get that. Who is your neighbor? Well, everybody's your neighbor. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're such an individualistic society. I, it was interesting. I, I was meeting with um, just a group of pastors and leaders in our network and we were having a conversation about how to help people emotionally through, you know, the COVID season pandemic, all that's been happening. And it was very interesting because we were talking about people who are suffering kind of in silence and how do we reach them? Mm. And uh, one of the, the people on our panel really talking into it is uh, she lives in England, but also Nigeria. Mm. And so she said, you know, I see this in England, but really in Nigeria, there's such a culture of mm -hmm. taking care of your neighbor that, there, they didn't have as much problem with people suffering in silence because they're not afraid to go to one another. Uh, it's such a part of the culture to care for your neighbor and and to have that that community sense. And um, it really 
is something for us to recognize who are in the West that individualism is not the way that Jesus lived and it's not the way of the kingdom. And yet it's so ingrained in us that it, it has to be a renewing of our minds, really, of the way we interact with one another. Because we're made for relationships and community. You know, I think that's maybe one of the reasons that people struggle with seeing the father as that that loving, caring being who just wants to be there in the midst of wherever you are, whether it be good or bad. It's all about connection and relationship. And if we can't have a relationship with our, our neighbor next door, like how can we connect and wrap our mind about around this supernatural being who wants to come and live with us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What is it? The scripture says something about if we say we love God, but we don't love our brother. Right. Then, you know, how can you love God who you can't see if you aren't loving the, the one that you can see in front of you? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. So good. So good. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. We've gone a lot of different places, but somehow it all makes sense because Jesus has been here orchestrating it. <laughs> Is there anything burning on your heart that you would like to say to our listeners directly? I, you know, I think the thing that's been just undoing me recently is the faithfulness of God, that he really, truly is so faithful. I have been um, working on going through it for a doctorate right now and uh, working on a spiritual autobiography. And as I'm just writing out the different moments in my life and recognizing that there was Mm -hmm. a time as a teenager when I prayed to know him. And it's not the kind of prayer you see an instant response and an instant answer to, but looking back over the years and just seeing things that I prayed and then what unfolded after that, I am undone by the faithfulness of God, undone at the the times that I gave things up and just watching the blessing that followed after it. And uh, so that's what I want people to really just... Mm-hmm grab a hold of. He is so faithful. He loves you enough to die for you. Like he loved us Mm -hmm. enough to send his only son that when we were far from Mm -hmm. him with no way to have a relationship with God, that he sent his only son and Jesus went to the cross and he suffered and he died. And it, the pain and the trauma that he went through, he endured it because of the joy set before him. Mm And we, we are that joy. Like he saw you, he saw me, he endured it. And when you recognize he's willing to pay that price, Mm -hmm. what good thing would he withhold from us? And he is so faithful, even with the small prayers that we pray to come through and answer those things. And just, you know, when we pray to know him and we don't even understand maybe what that Mm -hmm. means, but he's faithful to reveal himself. So whatever people are are processing right now, whatever you're walking through, whether it's sickness and you're contending for healing, struggling with, Mm -hmm. does he want this for me? Just know that he's faithful and he's faithful to meet us in every situation. Charity, that's so good. Thank you so much. He is. He is so faithful. Would you like to, to pray over our listeners? Yeah. So Father, I do bless those who are listening who there's just something burning in their hearts, even as we talk about how good you are, that they they want to know you and they want to know you in a deeper way. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come and you would reveal yourself to everybody in the sound of my voice, to everyone who's listening, that Mm -hmm. they would just have a revelation of Jesus Christ. And maybe they have known you for 60 years, Lord, but there's still more to know that John had a revelation after he walked with you for, for three years and lived for you for so many years on the island of Patmos, he had another revelation that caused him to fall to his face before you. So Lord, I mm-hmm. pray that you would reveal yourself to us, that there would be truly a revealing of Jesus Christ, that we would know your mm-hmm. goodness, we would know your kindness, we would know your faithfulness, we would know your great depth and breadth and width of your love that and lord that your peace that passes understanding would guard our hearts and our minds lord for those right now who um 
want to come into relationship with you. I pray that even as they invite you in, Lord, that you would step into their hearts, you would step into their minds, and they would begin to experience a whole new life. Lord, that even that born-again experience where they, it's like life starts afresh, anew, that they see everything in a new way. And Lord, mm-hmm. for those who have been walking and are weary, I pray just a refreshing mm-hmm. upon them. Father, that there would be an opening um, to the kingdom of God, to the, the heavenly, Lord, to the heavenly realm, the way things are in heaven. Let it be mm-hmm. on earth that there would be peace in our hearts. Truly, God, this is a time when we need a peace that passes understanding. So I pray that you would reveal yourself as the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Charity. That was so wonderful. I know that's going to bless so many. I just... I see people listening who are so tired, and I I think you hit the nail on the head, just that peace, that peace, that presence that passes understanding. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Christina, for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you so much, Charity. Well, I hope and I pray that today's episode has blessed you. I will have links to the show notes in today's podcast on cpnshows.com. And I will put links there to help you connect with Charity um, on her social media following and on her show, Loving Jesus. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.